Hi, my name's Rhoda Dakar, and you're listening to the Stateside Madness Podcast. Hi there, folks out there. I'd like you to meet Tommy McGuire and Combo. Hello, and welcome to the Stateside Madness Podcast, the one and only podcast of the official Madness American fan service. I'm Lori, along with my co-host Polly, here to bring you news, reviews, and deep dives into the nutty sound of the British pop band Madness. Hello and welcome to another episode of Stateside Madness. I'm Lori. And I'm Polly. Back from San Francisco, how was it? So the trip was great. For those of you who don't know, which I'm guessing is probably everybody. Um, so uh, being fed up with rebooking hotel rooms, rebooking flights to try to make the Madness tour after being canceled or postponed twice, I was like, hell with it. I'm not doing anything. I am keeping the flights. I'm keeping the hotel rooms. I'm going to go everywhere madness was going to go. So, yeah, I was out in um, Hollywood in San Francisco. You know, we we had a nice little madness get together. Uh, I could say it, it it topped out at about one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, six folks, aside from myself, actually showed up. Al Warmerden being the, you know, the sort of the main fan there. Yeah, so we had a good time, hung out, drank a bit gave them away um, some little madness, stateside madness related swag. And uh, yeah, all things were great up to the point where, um, you know, we, we were recording in a very loud, very busy bar. And so that would have been too, too pleasant on you folks trying to differentiate what we were saying. So we took the tactic of calling up Al and calling up another friend to kind of uh, get everything we would have had on tape from the bar, but, uh, you know, made it so you could hear it. So that's the plan for this week's episode. Awesome. Before we get to our guests, Polly, let's do the communicator. Let us, yes. First up, as uh, most of you know, last Thursday, June 2nd, Madness played the Brockwell Park Jubilation gig, which was in honor of Queen Elizabeth's Platinum Jubilee. The photos have been posted to the official Madness Twitter account, so you want to check it out. I'm still feeling salty, though, Polly, because June 2nd, what, that was supposed to be Boston? Uh, I think it it may have been New York, but uh, not that it matters. Uh, yeah. I feel like I'm in a bad relationship, you know, where the other person keeps making promises and then uh, not following through. And um, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Come on, baby. Come back for 2022. It'll be better this time. Uh, I've changed, I swear. Yes. So. And then, then it's come back for 2023. I've learned. I can't live without you. Well, we'll see what happens, right? Yeah. 
Okay, next on the communicator, we received word that the official Madness web store has loads of t-shirts on sale for 10 pounds each. Now with the conversion rate, at least at the time we're recording this, it might change. Uh, that comes to about $12.50 a shirt. Really, really good deal. But of course, you got to pay through the nose for international shipping. So it probably all evens out. But uh, definitely worth checking out. And that's uh, madness-uk.myshopify.com. So uh, you want to check that out before they get all picked over. And last up on the communicator, a friendly reminder. We've talked about it before. And of course, it's been all over the interwebs. But Madness's very rare U.S. Record Store Day event coming up this June 18th. So what we're looking at is the 12-inch release of baggy trousers with the original artwork. But what's contained on it is going to be baggy trousers, the 2009 remaster, Le Grand Pantalon, Disappear remastered also on that. And that's just side A. On side B, it contains the business. That's the way to do it. And on the Beat Pete remastered. So that's an exceptional value for you folks out there who want to stand in line on Record Store Day and try to get your copy. Please do so again on June 18th. Consult your local record shop for times. time is it showtime all right stateside madness so we have today a very special guest friend of <laughs> mine he is currently living in miami though you might find out he is in fact uh, originates from somewhere else and he is john bone thrippleton florida man welcome <laughs> uh, yeah i was born in in uh, in austin texas that's right yeah it's yeah. it's not a florida accent you're hearing there that's pure texan, texan. yeah yeah and and is american ish ish hey, <laughs> so, I've got, i do have a passport i do have a passport <laughs> but black friday 2 p.m i'm all english again i don't do you, do you guys know what's happening black friday 2 p.m no england usa in a world cup mate we're in the same group oh wow so, and uh, it's, yeah, it's going to be Black Friday, two o'clock in the afternoon. So a lot of people are going to be off. I suggest you find yourselves a, a good pub to watch it in. <laughs> Fair enough. You ready, Lori? I am. Why do they call you Bone? Do I want to know? Uh, yeah, it's actually not. It's, it's kind of madness related. When I was, you know, I, I grew up with a lot of freedom and as even like a, I think I was like 12 when I got my first skinhead and, uh, I came, I just went to Barber's, got on me, yeah, shaved off, because you went to Barber's on your own. And uh, I came home and my brother just went bonehead. And that was it. It, ju it just stuck, yeah, that's it. And then, yeah, all my mates in England call me bone. In the States, it's more John. It's, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So it's so, been 50 years, 40 years. So it's short for bonehead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is, yeah. And it does, it, it kind of suits my intelligence level as well, to be honest with you. So. 
how did you first get into madness? Uh, 10 years old, top of the pops, like a lot of people. Um, yeah. And I got, I started buying records probably around that time. Uh, I was born in 69. But my first single was Baggy Trousers. And just like, just like a lot of other people my age, just, I just loved that energy. I love the fact that you could just jump up and down. But also from a very early age, listening to them, I, you know, I don't think they get a lot of credit for uh, for making people think. And they definitely, as a kid from a, a small village in the north of England, gave me, uh, uh, even from an early age, you know, moulded a lot of my social views. Um, yeah, love it. They, they made me think, even from one step beyond now. Do you remember what song you saw them perform on top of the pops? It it would have been it would have been later. It wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been Prince for me. I don't think. I, I don't. I, mate, I don't have that good a memory. I'll be honest with you. Up until about fifteen, I don't remember much. And from fifteen, I started remembering stuff. But I, I will have seen Prince, but it was probably it was probably one step beyond because it was as a ten year old me me me. Just you know, just you just instantly grabbed. One step beyond. <laughs> time we were so lucky we were all we were all two-tone bands but madness stood out for me right from day one it just stood out as my band growing up then as a teenager in yorkshire you were not that far away from all the action happening with madness and so you had opportunity to both experience them as teenagers do on the mm -hmm. radio on television when was the first time you actually got a chance to see madness live uh, Mad No Mad Tour. Uh -huh. Yeah, Mad No Mad Tour. Yeah, he's. Uh, I I wish I could have got to a gig earlier, but I didn't. Uh, so yeah, 80, 85 in Leeds. Uh, Mad No Mad Tour. Brilliant night. Absolutely amazing. Even though Mikey wasn't there, obviously, it still stands out as a as a as a favorite gig of mine. And even though they didn't seem to really enjoy it that much, I did. It was fabulous. Um. Yeah, right from starting out, we keep moving. It was fantastic. Beautiful. And, uh, you know, something I witnessed um, a bit when we met um, is, you know, the Madness community, fan community, is really huge and really connected. You know, what was your exposure to the greater Madness community in the earlier days? Not much, I'll be honest with you. And uh, I went to... I went to a grammar school where everybody else was into heavy metal and nobody actually even knew I was a Madness fan until I did my O-level uh, English. Um, I, had to, I had to write a speech for five minutes and I did all, I did mine on how Madness started. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I was in the fan club, um, got the magazines, uh, and then probably my first real exposure to the was meeting Paul Rogers uh, at the Nutty Boys gigs, so much later on. Um, and then I, I traveled as well as living in the States for 19 years. I, I did travel quite a lot when I was younger as well. So I was I was away for quite a lot of it. So when internet started and everybody started getting together, I wasn't, I'm, I'm not really tech savvy, so I wasn't really part of any of that. So I'd say my, it started for me really getting to know everybody was first time I went to, uh, to Butlins. Really, um, yeah. Fair enough. Well, that is that is one upside to the internet is it's allowed uh, all sorts of people to connect mm -hmm. for various reasons, but madness being one of them. And I certainly would have been a bit bit lost and not involved had I not found uh, all you folks uh, same way. Lori, what do you got for us? Sorry, I, we got a <laughs> we got a message from Andre Klaus. Oh, really? Yeah. Now? Yeah, just now. So he says. My friend and me are in London for the Jubilee Festival, having a few beers in Dublin Castle. So I told him, pour one out for us. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Did, did you, I know you've been, Polly. Did you make it over there, Laurie, yet? No, I've never been. Oh, it's a great pub. Yeah, no, I, I've, I've never been to, to England. Never been over there yet? Yes, no. you should. Yeah, you got, you got plenty of time there. All right, all right. <laughs> Uh, so, Bone, I know that you uh, have also had opportunity to uh, uh, spend a little time with a couple of the band members. Tell us everything you got on that. I, yeah, I. one of my favorites was actually, I, I did go down to uh, Night Fever a couple of times, that, uh, that show that Suggs did, uh, where it was a karaoke show. It was terrible, but it was a lot of fun to go down there. And... Uh, and uh, this is obviously when madness weren't big or anything. So, but I, I uh, when after after it finished recording, I kind of headed him off, and I'd taken a Lone Ranger CD cover down with me, um, and I asked him to sign it, and he was oh, he was he was great. He uh, obviously, but he said, "Have you got a pen on you?" And I, I said, "No." So I turned around, my friends that had gone down with nobody had a pen on him. I'm like, "Sugs, I ain't got a pen." He didn't have a pen, so he took my CD cover off me. And he bit it and gave it me back. And he says, there you go, that's better than any signature. So I've got the Lone Ranger CD cover with Suggs's teeth print in, in it. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was, that was, yeah, that was super cool. Um, and yeah, I've, uh, you won't remember, but I've hung out with Tomo a few times. Um, I, met, I mean, I actually I met Tomo and ended up going backstage in San Francisco last time they were over here. And that was, that was, that was, yeah, that was great. Um, yeah, we, we, we just, Tomo was filming everybody coming into, coming into venue in San Francisco. And because they're not that big in America anyway. And then on top of that, people in America remember them as like teenagers and twenties. So Tomo doesn't look like he did, obviously. 30, 40 years ago, whatever it was at that point. And he's actually filming everybody coming in. And me and my wife went over, me and Kaza went over, and we stood talking to Tomo for, honestly, a good half an hour. He just said, yeah, come backstage after. So we ended up going backstage, and we had a little, there's a little speakeasy underneath this uh, venue, and we ended up having a little tour around with them. Then we ended up back at hotel as well and having a, a few more, but 
memory fades because I had been drinking all day that day. So, but yeah, re- so every time I met them, they are absolute salt of the earth. You know, all of them. But I, I, I think they're a band that you know that have always. I, I, I really think they're, they've never had re- recognition they deserve. I genuinely believe that. Why do you think that is? I, I actually, you know, a lot of it is down on themselves, and it's the way they put they, they do portray. They are they are the fun guys, but they're and, and the fun family guys, and the serious side of it is he's always he's he's you know a lot of people don't take the time to listen. They, they look like I say right going right back to one step beyond. They, they're a band that had me thinking, and even just the style of music. They it was scar, it was Jamaican, it was this unity music, which. Uh, yeah, it just it always had me thinking about things, so especially like socially. Is there a particular song lyric that really kind of resonates with you in that respect? Um, well, it's one of the ones that you can ask me about in my top five, but yeah, Prospects is just amazing because it's, yeah, the, just just that that one. But you mean you meant about the unity thing, didn't you? I mean, that's what uh, Prospects for me is, is about, and it's about the way that it. it things changed and and what the bands uh, what madness and space do we're trying to bring it even one step beyond made me think about unity just by the sound of it you know it's jamaica music it's ska music it's essentially black music and and you know where i'm from everybody looks like this because uh, i'm from a small village very good all right then as we are gonna do with our super fans we want your take you get plenty of our take on the podcast so bone do you have a top five madness songs list i I, i've just gone with me gut right now because obviously like you everybody's gonna tell you the same thing it changes constantly and it does uh but i have written down five songs that right now uh make me think bring a tear to my eye make me dance and uh and fall in love with madness all over again and again and again and again um all right so start with then your number five. Oh, we're doing them in number order as well i'm gonna go for i'm gonna go for one from my cat from cat touches now i think cat touches now is a really good album i know the, and other people that don't like it i i love it I, uh and i believe Again, a song that really gets you thinking. Um, I think pretty much all my top five are songs that just uh, evoke memories and get you thinking. But and you know, this was probably the standout first time I heard "Can't Touch Us Now," especially the lyrics about just being in his underpants. Distance yourself from hate, or else you're going to fall. Come drink to the free spirit, all for one. This is me unknowing, just in my pants and vest. And I decide whom in I confide, and you just failed the test. Release your hands from my beliefs. I no longer need your Bone, how about that number four song? All right, uh, I'm gonna go for a single. Um, like I said, Baggy Trousers was the 
first single I ever bought, and the second was Embarrassment. Um, I still love it live. Um, I, I, I just think it's, I, I think it's genius of this these young kids. I mean, I know Tom wrote lyrics, but all of them, I just the uh, the tune. It's, we, I think it's hard to hard to realize sometimes. I know this was a second album, but it's hard to realize that what these guys were doing in the teens. And early twenties, and embarrassment is just ah, that should have got an Ivan Avello as well. At number three, what do you got, Bone? Uh, I'm going to put prospects in at number three. Um, I, this one's this one's about memories, as well as being a brilliant tune and fantastic lyrics, but just just Butlins. And I went, I was lucky enough to go seven times, and uh, I I probably made everybody play this repeatedly in those lodges, maybe seven thousand times. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, again, you know that. I think music is about taking you to a place as well. And uh, yeah, prospects will always take me back to Butlins, and I had some fantastic times at Butlins and met some unbelievable, amazing people, including yourself, Polly. So yeah, prospects is for sure. Thanks so much. It was wonderful. And why don't I just tell people? Uh, I got there a bit fish out of water. Big place. Lots of people. Didn't know where to go necessarily. And it was so nice of Bone and uh, Ian Mason to kind of take me under their wing, um, feed me a ton of beer, and (laughs) kind of of showed me the real Butlins experience and uh, spent a great deal of time with them and had a pant load of fun. So good, good on them for being so nice to a strange American. Thank you. <laughs> you're strange wherever you're from, Polly. Don't worry, you don't have to add American. You're strange. <laughs> He's got your number, doesn't he? <laughs> so yeah, for our listeners who might have missed, because I know we talked about Butlins in, in another episode, but this is a 
weekend uh, get together that they have at a, a an old resort, right? Mm -hmm. It's yeah. uh, in November, kind yeah. of in the off season, and they call it the House of Fun Weekender. Yeah. And Madness performs, and then usually there's other acts that they bring in as well, and it kind of becomes a whole weekend of mm -hmm. concerts and partying and and mingling with other fans. So for for those listeners who might not know what that is. And of course, I've never been there either. <laughs> there's hope. There's hope. There's, there's, yeah. there's, there's hope for that. There's hope that there would be another house of fun. Oh, are they talking about doing it again at Butlins? Or are no, they talking no, about doing it somewhere else? Nobody is really talking about it. At least uh, I've never not heard anything official about mm -hmm. it. But there's the there's always that hope among the fans of, you know, they fulfilled their contract, their 10 years, they did what they had to, and now they could do anything, you know, so there's, there's, there's hope that they might just do a one off or continue to do one at a time whenever they feel they can do it. I've not heard anything from the band, but it's, I think it's us uh, fans speculating. I was going to say, if we, if we beat those drums loud enough, you never know. Yeah. Well, speaking of beating drums, you know, we should be beating drums about uh, 2023 tour as well. They they put it out there. They didn't yeah. have to say it. You mm -hmm. know, uh, you can't wave something around like that. It's like dad saying, hey, maybe we'll get up and go get a puppy tomorrow. You know, <laughs> you bring up pretty much certain things. Once you even speak of you got to come through. So, yeah. <laughs> Cool. All right. But but we digress. So how about your number two song, Boom? Uh, again, it's another thought provoker and it, it's another Tom, I believe, Blue Skin Beast. And, you know, it, it's, uh, I, you know, I, I did grow up through some unrest through, I did grow up through Falkland Wars and just, and again, they, they just, uh, you know, come out with a cracker that actually gives you a little, social insight into what's going on here and and just provokes thinking again again i i can't stress enough how much this band have made me just think about things um and blue skin beast is, is right up there um another cracker i can fly you to your loved ones but I can promise no return To a shell-shocked godforsaken Where the craters still labor Have a drink on me Have a drink on me Still the worst is over That I hope you understand Then you're one more hurdle over A protector of the land Have a drink on me I put you down to the company yeah, and, and one that would be meaningful to American fans because it was on the um, the Geffen compilation, wasn't it? Yeah, it was on Rise and Fall originally, and then it was on the Our, that Our House one or Mad House, Our House, I think that one was called, one with the pool table, with the pool table on the yeah. cover. Yeah, yeah, yep, it yep. was on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, so that's a lot of American fans' uh, first exposure to Madness would have been hearing Blue Skin Beast on that compilation. All right, so that only leaves us one. It's going to be uh, your well, favorite. What is it? My favorite album is Keep Moving. It's still Keep Moving. I mean, I love everything I've ever done, uh, but uh, my favorite album is Keep Moving, and Prospects is not my favorite song on Keep Moving, even though 
most people that have met me probably think it, it is. Uh, but Samantha's my favourite on Keep Moving. Always has been. I love the the darker side to Madness as well. It's uh, right from getting Keep Moving. Madness 7 was the first album I bought on release date. But Keep Moving was an album when people started going off Madness as well. And it made just made me like them even more. I, I went the opposite direction. Samantha stood out right from first listen. And then we played it on a, a show called The Tube as well. Which I believe you can find on YouTube if you if you have if you, if you haven't already seen it. One night in a cold sweat, I heard the call. So without fear and free from fright, I walked all as I crept the passage. Only just that faint in and out of the central. about my theory about samantha i think it's about a ghost what do you um, think i i i honestly i don't really i don't really know i'll be honest with you it is haunting especially because of tune as well and and i think it is another tomo one isn't it samantha i don't know if i, I might have done it i might have done a clean sweep of tomo here I, you, we've never got, you've got no idea what's going through that guy's mind. And you're really picking some songs that maybe um, casual fans might not even know. So that, that's great. So you're really kind of digging deep into the catalog. I love it. Thank you. I, I did want to pick a single though. I did want to get a single, because they're a singles band. At the end of the day, you know, uh, and I nearly went for, uh, I nearly went for Dust Devil. I love Dust Devil. I think it's a fabulous song. It's a great tune and it's funky and it gets you dancing. And and again, it just I wanted to really uh, focus on how all my life they've had me thinking about things. And you know, yeah, they've they 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 really have molded part of my personality seriously. Well, Dust Devil is my song, so I'm never oh, gonna yeah? miss it. I'm never going to miss an opportunity to play Dust Devil, so I'm going to play right. it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Madness fan in America, do you have anything that you want to say to the band? 
Uh, come back. Yeah, I've seen you one time in San Francisco. And yeah, I, I like small venues. So when they were coming here and I, I, I had tickets, Laurie, I had tickets for Boston and New York. I had general admission standing tickets because I don't want to sit down. And just, yeah, I like, I prefer small venues. So when they come to the States, but, but yeah. you, you like the intimacy of the smaller venues. Then. Absolutely, Laurie. Yeah, absolutely. So that would be, for me, my message would be, yeah, come back over. I think, uh, yeah, that's it. Just come back. That's all we need. That's the, <laughs> that's that's the sentiment we that's all perfect. share. That's perfect. Great to see you, mate. And Laurie, very nice to meet you. Excellent. Nice to meet you, too. All right. All right Take care, guys. Night. Have a good one. Thanks Thank so you. much. Bye. Well, thanks again to Bone for chatting with us. He's still apparently thinking about the song Samantha because shortly after he left, he sent me the following message. So, way too late, but here is my take. I think our character may have just broken into a young lady's house and killed her. Almost has a Jekyll and Hyde feel to it for me, especially with the dark tune, too. Wow, now I'm going to have to go back and listen to Samantha again. Thanks again, Bone. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Listeners, please stick around for a couple more minutes. We're going to talk to another guest. Oi, oi, people. Silky here, death of guitar pop. And you are listening to Stateside Madness. Because madness are the bollocks. All right, Stateside Madness. So one of our guests today, Al, our friend, Al Warmerton, who uh, you may remember from posting videos on Stateside Madness of his sort of DIY karaoke. Um, he, I caught up with him and uh, some of his family in San Francisco. We had a fantastic time. And he was nice enough to say that he would join us again so we could pretty much recap everything that Al and I had talked about and make sure that it made it onto the episode. So thank you, Al and Stateside Magnets. Welcome, Al Warmerton. Thank you very much, Polly. Great to talk to you. Yeah, so Al, um, you know, we, we, uh, we sat back. We uh, really, uh, you know, th threw him back for a while through the evening. And uh, Al's uh, voice, Al's unique storytelling style really adds a lot to talking about madness. So we wanted to make sure we had you back here. And so why don't we get right into it, Al? Tell folks how you, you kind of got introduced to madness. Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm from California. So, I mean, kind of that little mod scene was in the class, all that kind of stuff. It, it was kind of popular here, but I mean, I was kind of guy, like in the early days, I was like a Cure guy, you know, N never really heard of ska. But as I told Lori earlier, um, I, my parents were from the Netherlands. So we went to the Netherlands every year, Holland. And I went to this barn party and I said, oh man, that is some good music. What is, what is that music right there? It's really upbeat, like a fast reggae, because I've always been a reggae guy. And she goes, oh, that's ska, it's two-tone movement. It's, they're called Madness. It's really good. It's, this is their second album. And... Uh, so I mean I'll never I'll never forget it. Baggy Trousers was the first Madness song I ever heard, and I just said, yeah, that that is really good. So my cousin took me out. He, we went to the record shop back then. We still had record shops, and uh, he got me the Absolutely album. And I mean I took that home and I wore it. And I don't. It wasn't even a CD. It was a tape. And once in a while I take a picture. I find those tapes back. I post them on Facebook. 
And uh, I wore that bad boy out. Trust me, I was not the most popular guy at school. I mean, I'd come cranking in some baggy trap. People what the heck is that crap? But I didn't care. I really gravitated to it. And then, you know, I even started, then my my parents took us to Holland every year. So, I mean, like I was telling Lori earlier, I mean, I've seen Holland in the Netherlands more than Madness in the Netherlands, more than I've seen him in America. Hell, I want to say I couldn't find a Madness record in America, especially in California. And Madness, usually, if they, I mean, I've seen Madness seven times. I've seen them four times in California. Wow. So, I mean, they do tour. They do come here. Yeah. But, I mean, I've seen them in Holland three times, you know, and, and, and European shows way better set list than they do here. So I used to plan my vacations to see Madness, you know, and then just I grew with them. And I tell you, I, the upbeat stuff, like I was telling Lori earlier, I, I mean, I, I, Mad, Mad Not Mad is my favorite album. People kind of find that weird. But I think musically, Madness at their peak. They brought, you know, backup vocalist for Suggs. I thought it was very good. They added an extra horn player. They had an extra bongo guy. And I, I saw that too, and I said, man, that is really the sound I like. So like my cousin got me tickets to Pink Pop and it's a big festival in, in the Netherlands for um, cancer awareness. In 1981, he got tickets for Madness and from then on, it was on, man. I saw him, I saw the Dangerman sessions in Amsterdam and I saw uh, Pink Pop in 2009. I went back for Pink Pop and just, I don't know, man. They just, I listen to Madness every day. My friends give me crap on Facebook every day about it. I, I mean, I'm not afraid to let people know I'm a Madness guy. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's how it was. I mean, I listen to Madness every day. My wife, you know, they say I'm got to get out of the 80s, but I, I, I love the haircuts. I mean, I, everything about the 80s, I love them still there. I just unfortunately got some good technology now, so we can do crap like this. Couldn't do that. I mean, I met Suggs. I, I, I met him in Amsterdam Airport. I met Lee, Carl, and Suggs in Amsterdam. Of course, I had no, back then, no thing. So it was all about, oh, God, I didn't have camera. My parents were like saying, come on, we got to get to the plane. But then when I saw him at UC Davis in 98, um, we got to go backstage. They, a friend of my son's, a friend of my wife's uh, worked for Blink-182, and Blink-182 was a support act. And so we got met up with her. And she said, oh, man, your son's got like that like little madness haircut. I said, oh, yeah, he's driving in my car, man. He would love to sing it for him. And... Uh, and next thing you know, they're, they're pulling my wife out and said, hey, we're going to take your son to go meet Madness. You go, ah, you got to take my husband. He'll kill me if I go. So, yes, I sat with an hour and a half and drank beer with Suggs, Carl, and Lee. And couldn't have been better people. I mean, and to my son, gave him shirts. I mean, gave him a fedora. I mean, it, it was phenomenal. And during the whole concert, I had Brett on my shoulders. And, you know, hey, there's our friend Brett in California. All right, Brett. But I mean, by driving my car is the epitome, I think, of a, of a kid song. I think they could have done that for any cartoon. I mean, 
if they, if they can promote. I mean, my son, he fell in love with madness because of driving my car. Like I said, we sent a video to madness, and who knows who saw it, but of driving in my car, and he knew the words, man. I mean, it, I mean, he had the flat top. I mean, it was the cutest thing ever. I mean, my son as a young kid was really a badass little dude. And now he's just big hairy and asking for 20 bucks. But you know how that goes. <laughs> but still to this day, Brett will still pop in madness once in a while. He, he's more of a reggae guy now. chatting al that you thought that the set list when they play in the netherlands are better than the set list that they play in the united states can you elaborate on that yeah I, well I, I mean i don't know i don't work for madness but i, I can tell you and, and i've seen them three times in america i saw them, uh the big stadium show when they uh supported uh the police on day on the green and that was pretty much i think that was like rise and fall came out and of course it was all about our house and all that but you know, they'd play calling cards, you know, most of the songs no one knew. And, but then the last two times I saw them in America, it's basically that mad stock. You know, it's that same, it's all those same songs every time, every once in a while. Like I'm a big mad, not mad guy. So, I mean, I got to see the mad, not mad tour. So they played a lot of mad, not mad. So I'm glad I got to see that in my life because they rarely play a mad, not mad song now, but in Holland, I heard yesterday's men. I heard burning the boats and never heard that here so i i think they play more of a greatest hits thing here and i think europe knows them a little better so maybe they're playing older songs or maybe more obscure songs i guess more deep album tracks i i think so i i mean b-sides yeah i heard jenny a portrait of i heard that in holland too i mean who in the hell would think you ever hear that live i know it's that's that's quite charming you you've got wind wind chimes going on in back at oh i'm sorry <laughs> Yeah, it, it it makes everything you uh, say sound like it's uh, like uh, sprinkled with fairy dust. Yeah, Disney. <laughs> and that's what I was gonna say. Disney magic going on with it. <laughs> I like that. Kind of make ourselves a new single. Yeah, the wind is kind of. I think we're okay now. So, Al, you you hinted at it a little bit earlier with your fans giving you shit um, on Facebook about liking Madness, but this is something we kind of like to ask every you know, American Madness fan, you know, how much time do you spend explaining to people around you who, who Madness is? Or are you able to connect with other people uh, about Madness? Yeah, you know, I mean, my, my direct friends and family, and everybody, I mean, obviously they know. I mean, even my sister will just go, oh, God, here he goes with Madness again on Facebook, you know. But, I mean, I don't care. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I'll go down the river. And we're, we're big kayakers and everything. And I, I, people go, God, I, I kind of like that. Who is that? Oh, it's Madness. Oh, oh, who's Madness? I don't even, I said, our house. And they go, oh, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I'll tell you, if you want a world-renowned hit, our house is that. I mean, you can ask a 60-year-old about our house, and you can ask a 20-year-old about our house, and they know what it is. But, I mean, our house, that wouldn't even be in my top 10 songs from Madness. But no one knows it, Polly. Nobody. I mean, a little ska revival. I mean, Dave Wakeling lives in L.A. now, so, God, I bet we see the beat five times a year. And, you know, no matter what, I, I, I run into him at the bar. I say, hey, dude, how about singing back up with Matt? And he goes, I wish we could have done that song live, Victoria Garden. He goes, that was a really good song. But, yeah, I mean, most of the people around here just, yeah. I mean, they just they just think, oh, what is it, a reggae band? I mean, Madden has got a little, they got a little poppy in the end, I think. Like I was telling Lori earlier, like the seven album, I think, is like the perfect mix with the reggae sound. I really like that to where I think musically, Mad Not Mad, they were the best. But. Like I told Laura, I didn't think um, like Shut Up and, and Cardiac Arrest. Eh. I mean, I, that album's so good. I wouldn't, I wouldn't understand why they used those two as singles. Because that album really, you know, they really went more reggae roots that album, you know. And I think Suggs is a big reggae guy. I mean, you hear, I mean, I got both Suggs solo albums and they're very reggae. You well, and me? then that, that collection uh, that he curated, there was like a three CD collection and that was like almost all like reggae ska stuff really? wasn't it was like the business no that was no there was one it, it, I, i'd have to look up the name but it, it it didn't have any madness music but it was like called like the Suggs collection or something and it was just music that he had curated and so there wasn't any madness on it using the magic of technology here i'm going to show you something on the screen here this is the disc that i was talking about so okay hold on a second can you see that Oh yeah, no, I I do I do not. I thought I had most everything, but I do not have that. But that that's his favorite songs, correct? Well, yeah, yeah. It says sixty tracks selected and compiled by Suggs, the Specials, the Who, James Brown, John Lennon, the Temptations, the Jam, Massive Attack, and more. Massive Attack. That's interesting. I'm curious to see what song he put on there. But yeah, that's uh, like music that he's curated. So right, right, right. Well, I mean, that was funny. Remember, he um, yeah, I've never seen that. I mean, I remember he was, uh, wasn't he like the producer or something for the farm? That's an odd choice for Suggs, huh? But you can kind of hear a little bit of the, his influence in, in a lot of their stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, like Groovy Train and yeah. Absolutely. And they talk really high of him. So I guess, I mean, he really tried to put them on the right track. But I remember him saying something, he was too old for that crap. So you walk down. Well, you look like me Baggy jeans and long blonde hair With not a care in the world What happened to the attitude We used to have at school What happened to the attitude Well, you broke all the So, so Al, uh, tell everybody, although maybe people could guess, but, uh, you know, what's your inspiration for doing your Man Cave Madness karaoke videos? Well, I always say it's, it's, it's always a Friday night. And it's always when my wife's drunk and goes passed out early. That's when I get my chance to turn the stereo loud and do it. You know, I don't know. I think it's a lot to promote my madness. You know, I've actually had people say, hey, you know, that's a really good song. 
And I would never have guessed that's Maddox. I don't ever do any of the hits. I always do the oddball. I even do the Madness stuff. And um, I don't know. I, I think maybe in my first life, I would have loved to have been a rock star, maybe. I mean, I always said that I could sing back up for Suggs. I mean, add that raspy voice to it. I could do some fun. You know, I've learned all the words. I mean, rarely I even need a, a word sheet. I know those words pretty like my wife goes, God, if you can remember half the shit I tell you to do at this house, as good as you know those madness words, we'd be set. But yeah, I think I think in my own way, Paulie, it's more of a like a promotion thing for madness. I mean, I, I just thought madness had a lot of good songs and, and I got, you know, I don't know, twelve hundred followers on Facebook. I thought, you know, if two people like that, I'm gonna go buy that record. That's a good song. Hey, then I did my thing. And I'll have people come over and just say, Hey, we're gonna hear some madness tonight. I said, Absolutely. So like I, I was telling Lori earlier, I mean, I listen to Madness every day. That is my go-to. I mean, I, I started the, yesterday I started the tribute to Andy Fletcher thing. I lasted about four songs and I started getting depressed. I said, I got to put on some good Madness. And my wife goes, that didn't last long. And I said, God bless Andy Fletcher, but you know what? The passion I going to handle so much. So Al, did, did you prepare um, your uh, a top five list of your Madness, favorite Madness songs? Oh. Brother, I don't have to prepare that. I know that's on my head. It's been the same for 25 years. My you, five, I had to say like my top five. My okay. Five to one. Number five is Baggy Trousers because it was the first Madness song I ever heard and it addicted me and it did it. I mean, in real sense, I could put Baggy Trousers one, but if I have to have like in order, Baggy Trousers would be five. But then I, I mean, I really love the seven album because I'm a reggae guy. So that has the best reggae. I mean, the two singles I thought were crap, but like Promises, Promises and Pack-A-Mack. I mean, those are great songs, man. I, Day on the Town. I still listen to that every day. I listen to Madness every day. I'd say Promises, Promises would be number four. I just love that sound, that little reggae beat. I'll promise you a gift worth much more if not sold. Half for you and half for me if finally I'm so bold. I'll promise you a home that money cannot buy All good homely spirits walking by and by I'll promise you a world of making of amends And on our anniversary invite you round the bend I'll promise you a life, it only takes a tick All the fruits of life carry you aboard my ship I'll promise you a world of making of amends uh number three is another one that could be number one is all compete i think all compete was i think there's more into that song uh in depth about the breakup of the band i think if you really listen to lyrics at that song and they might tell you it's something else but i think it's a lot about bars and leaving and really good i mean live it's really funky really good and, and my favorite, no one will believe it, my favorite album is Mad Not Mad. I think musically, 
it was a bit. I mean, Suggs got some backup. Vo- I think I think Suggs he should have some girl backup singers right now. Last time I saw him, he struggled a little. Take your business beyond your father's dreams. Sounds good, sounds great, sounds really great. But wait, let's us Number two would be It Must Be Love because it was my wedding song, which until I became part of these madness rooms, I thought I was the only guy who ever did It Must Be Love for his wedding. But God, those Englishmen, they all did it for their wedding. We did too. My, Don and I did for our wedding, It Must Be Love. Yeah, well, see, well, there's two of us at least here, but <laughs> all the Englishmen did it. I never thought I'd miss you as much as I do And I never thought I'd feel this way The way I feel about you Soon as I wake up every night Every day I know that it's you I need to take the blues away It must be love, love, love It must be love, love, love Nothing more, nothing less, love is the best And number one is March of the Jerkins, the best song they've ever done. I love it. The horn section, I heard that live too. The horn section, it, it didn't do any, it had no, with the one, with Lee, just with one sax, didn't do it. And they added the horn section to it. March of the Jerkins is literally the most cool song. Go look up a live version of March of the Jerkins. It's very good. They they did it like the stage has like a brick wall. It looks like they made it look like a, a, a building up from it. It's, it's really good. It, I want it wasn't Matt, it wasn't uh, keep moving tour. It's probably like 2009 somewhere, but you'll find if you just punch in March of the Jerkins live, really good. Sugg's voice was good. There. I mean, it was really good overall. I mean, I I just think that song is just phenomenal. Never got no credit. I don't think. I mean, there's only one live feed I've ever seen from it, so they don't they don't do it too often. Catch me, the deeper the leather, the love. 
really an underrated song. I really love that song too. I know Polly, Polly doesn't like it as much if I, if oh, I remember uh, correctly. You know, me, I, I actually, in fairness to Polly, I, after he did that episode on that, get the guitar pop, I got seven songs in my playlist now. They are really good. I mean, even my son's saying, yeah, that, that, that reminds me like a toaster sound, you know, like the, the New York City ska. I mean, the accents are just insane. It's really they, good. They're taking uh, playing for Madness's playbook for the first two albums and just not even hiding the, uh, you know, not even hiding their accent at all. It's it's on full display. So, yeah. Well, yeah, didn't I read in some interviews somewhere? Wasn't the subs getting a lot? They said that they might have been more popular in America if the accent wasn't so bad. But he just said, well, you know, I mean, that's what it is. I do, I do remember that. Yeah. You know, let's talk about that. Is it the accent that's the issue, or is it that they're using words that Americans don't understand? I, I'm kind of with you. I don't know. I'm thinking of like even like March of the Jerkins. What most people don't even know what a jerkin is. I mean, it's a, it's a pickle. I know, but I mean, how many people know that? <laughs> but yeah, but like some of them, like yeah, I used to kip on my sofa. Yeah, I mean, what what is that? Uh, madness god daily they always do madness lyrics on facebook or twitter twitter yeah mm-hmm. those words i go you know i know that song you're trying to put two and two together what's and i got god what what is that word so i think they stayed old english i think like it really came out well with uh liberty of northern fool because that was kind of their whole idea but i mean like in the early albums i mean l- just read the words to baggy trousers i mean would any american speak that way Exactly. You have you've heard my rant, right? About how the word trousers just makes me nuts. No, I'm with you. It's just the weirdest. <laughs> you, my wife, but you know, I give those guys credit. You know, every country song about a, a broken relationship or my house blew down. Madness. Those guys can do everything from about wearing pants to making love to a lamp post. I mean, madness is just out there. Wonderful. <laughs> a good album that was underrated. Yes, very much so. Wonderful. I mean. If I, Johnny the Horse, another one of my songs that would definitely be in my top 10. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the lyrics. I think Madness was just a hair out there for the American crowd to where, you know, guys like English B, you don't, or even specials, they didn't use those, that true proper, or like Lori was saying, or probably like that, those weird words that people don't know about. I mean, don't get it wrong. I like the beat. I even like the specials. I mean, I wish Terry Hall would smile a bit, but. I mean, they never had what Madness had. They never had, I don't think they loved each other. I think they were all contrived. They were all together. One one knew how to write a song. One knew how to play a bass. Where Madness actually liked each other, man. And they were good friends, you know? And I think that makes a whole difference. I mean, the beat always infighting. I, I mean, I guess Madness did too, I guess. But you never really saw it. And I wish Madness would have just took a break. I mean, I, you think Carl's ever coming back? I don't think so. Hard to say. Of course, everybody loves to talk about it. But. Yeah, I have my own theories about that, which I'm not going to put out in the, the podcast. I don't want to piss anybody off. Well, I mean, and I love Carl. I think Carl's part of madness. I think it's all good. But I tell you the truth, I think there are a lot of songs that Carl sings that are good songs. I wish they played more. But Absolutely. I, I live with, with or without them, but I'd rather see them with them. Well, it's great to finally meet you, Al. Hopefully, we'll get to meet you one day in person. Well, well, well I told Polly next when they play San Francisco next time. All my kids are out of the house. You guys are welcome here. Thanks, Al. Guys, be good, stay safe, and I'll definitely be seeing you on Facebook and the podcast. Peace out. All right. Bye. Thanks. 
All right. Well, this concludes another episode of Stateside Madness. And uh, Holly, you and I have to figure out what we're doing in two weeks. We haven't <laughs> we haven't figured that out yet. That's true. There was a flurry of activity. We've had some uh, really fun episodes lately. Um, and uh, it took a fair amount of work doing that. And then I had my trip. So yeah, we got to get our noses back to the grindstone and really figuring out uh, what we're going to do next. But don't despair. We've got some, some kernels of some ideas. So we'll come up with something great for you. Well, and hats off to you, Polly, because really the last three episodes, that has all been your initiative. So first, you're the one that arranged the interview with Rhoda Dekar. You arranged the interview with Silky. And uh, and now this episode, which is uh, from your trip and, and arranging the interviews with these two fine gentlemen. So thank you very much. You've really, uh, you've made my life a lot easier. Yeah. And normally I don't do shit. So uh, yeah, you're <laughs> welcome. So our closing song today is going to be a cover of Driving in My Car by a band called Rude Boy George. Now, according to their Facebook page, Rude Boy George is a New York City-based band that reimagines 80s new wave classics in ska, reggae, and rock study. So it's a goodbye for me. And it's a goodbye for me. Go get a beer, Stateside Madness, with Al Warmerton or Bone, if you can manage.
Satisfied, I've got this. Fun. 